0: Amen? Ain't God good? Praise the Lord. I mean, that's just so good right there. We could just end right now. Praise God. God is good. It's good to have Mama with me. We've had such a great time with Mama this week. Amen. We're glad you're here, Ma. We've enjoyed Mama's cooking. She's been in there in the kitchen cooking. She told me she was going to tell the livelies and others that if, I t- if she didn't cook, I was going to send her on a plane home early. That is not true. Don't <laughs> listen to none of that. That is lies. We do not do that. Amen. But we are grateful for all them pies she could. She kept making pies all week, and we kept eating them. (laughs) We ran out of pies, pie shells, food, everything. We had a ball. Amen. But uh, it's good to have you with us, Mama. Everybody just, she loves attention. Just give her a hand clap. Welcome, Mama. (laughs) Amen. Well, I'd love for you to turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12, we're going to read verse 1 through 11. This is Gifts of the Holy Spirit, part 2. We're going to preach three more weeks on this following this. But 1 Corinthians 12, uh, 1 through uh, uh, 11. And uh, this is Gifts of the Holy Spirit, part 2. So if you will, stand for your, to, the, uh, to your feet for the reading of God's Word. And, uh, and let's, uh, let's begin reading. It's on the overhead there. And uh, you can go to version notes and, and check this out. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. So God is ultimately the one writing here. And he said, hey, I want you to understand spiritual gifts. You know that you were Gentiles. And I'm going to explain what this means here. Where he says, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. I'm going to talk a little bit about the city of Corinth and what he was trying to say there and what their culture was like. Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Everybody say, everyone's profited. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He, as the Holy Spirit, will. So it's as God wills. It's what He wants. Amen? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the power and power and the Presence of Almighty God, I thank you for the encouragement of God. I thank you, Father God, for that you are our Savior, that your presence is strong here. And I thank you, Father, for healing is present. The healing balm of Gilead is here. I thank you, Father, this where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, and you are here. Anoint me to speak your word, not in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. Lord, let this sort of this seed fall in the good soul of our hearts. And grow and bear forth fruit in our lives in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. "Amen." Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have, if it's digital, if it's a paper Bible, and let's boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm gonna be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind. And my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Amen. Now, before you're seated, we're gonna do something a little different. Are you ready? I need everyone to extend your arm up like this, right here. And I want you just to repeat after me this week. Ready? Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. See, I love you. You guys are awesome. Yes, go Braves. (laughs) Praise God, you can be seated. Yes, I knew you could do it. Now, come on, if it was the Reds in the World Series, I'd be cheering with the Reds. In Argentina, everyone is required by law to serve in the military for two years. A fellow showed up to the induction place, and he said, hey, he said, what could I possibly do in the military, in the Army? I don't have any arms. They took him anyways, and when he got in boot camp, he said, commanding officer said, You see that guy up on the hill up there pumping water? I need you to go up there and tell him where the pan is full because he's blind, and you're going to work together to do a job. You know, I I find it interesting that just in teams or in churches, everyone has to do their part. Everyone has to be a piece of the puzzle. Everyone has to be willing to allow the gifts of the Spirit to flow through them and in them. To see God's work accomplished. Can I get a good amen on that? And we all have a part. So point number one is what are spiritual gifts? I'm going to revisit this from last week just a second. What are spiritual gifts? There are two Greek words for spiritual gifts in the New Testament. One is pneumatikios. Pneumatikios means spiritual things and spiritual enablements. Right? The other is charismata, which means enablements of grace or gifts of grace. So simply put, spiritual gifts are spiritual enablements, or they are spirit. Uh, they are uh, gifts of grace. Everybody shout, gifts of grace. gifts of grace! Now there are ministry gifts or offices that Jesus established in Ephesians four eleven through thirteen. We talked about those last week. They're like leadership gifts. Uh, they're apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. There are motivational gifts you find in Romans 12. These are natural God-given abilities we are born with. A gift that we have been birthed with and given by God from birth and we carry all of our life. Maybe it's service, teaching, exhorting, giving, administration, or mercy. But the gifts that I'm going to spend the rest of our time on are in fact these manifestation gifts of the Spirit. Because the Bible says here in 1 Corinthians 12 that these gifts are manifested, they are brought out. Manifested means they're brought out in the open by the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to spend some time explaining how that works today and then breaking them down the next three weeks. Manifestation gifts are spiritual enablements that sovereignly reside in the Holy Spirit. They are gifts of who? The Holy Spirit. They don't belong to us No more than we don't belong to each other. We belong to God. We are God's property. And the gifts of the Spirit belong to the Holy Spirit. They provide spontaneous spiritual resourcefulness from the Holy Spirit to benefit us all. Nobody owns any of these manifestation gifts. That means no one has the gift of the word of wisdom all the time or the word of knowledge all the time. As a matter of fact, the gift operates spontaneously as the Holy Spirit sees fit on any particular believer at any particular moment for any particular reason. They're spontaneously on you. And many times you don't even realize that they are operating through you and for someone else. These manifestation gifts are broken down in three categories. And each category I'm going to show you is the next sermon and the next one and the next one so the first is mind gifts that's the word of wisdom word of knowledge discerning of spirits they're intuitive gifts these three reveal so we're going to next we talk about the revealing gifts and how they work in a church how they work in a believer's life because they can work anywhere not just in a church they can work in a grocery store they can work with you talking to your neighbor they can work to work at the thanksgiving table anywhere so these three reveal everybody say they reveal Then there are might gifts. Those would be faith, healings, and miracles. Those are demonstrational gifts. And these three do. So you have revealing gifts. You have doing gifts or demonstrating gifts. And then you have mouth gifts. And these mouth gifts are prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. These are expression gifts. And these three speak. Just two weeks ago... Sister Diane Pruitt, God used her to give a message of tongues and interpretation. And those are gifts of the Spirit flowing through her life. So those are the categories, and we'll break them down next week. Every Christian, I want you to hear this. Every Christian, every Christian, each one, poke your neighbor and say each. Poke your neighbor and say you have available to us the manifestation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In other words, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit can drop any one of these gifts on you for someone else at any time. How cool is that? Now, I'm going I'm to bust some myths today. I'm going to blow some myths wide open because there are many people that say, oh, I don't have the gift of healing. Well, no one does. The Holy Spirit does. Well, I better go three hours down the road to brother so-and-so because he'll lay hands and he's got the gift of healing and that may be what you need to do if the Holy Spirit leads you, but you know the Holy Spirit can work through someone else to heal you just as quick because that's a gift of the Spirit. Somebody say amen. Amen. So let's just say, how do the gifts of the Spirit work? I mean, because there's a lot of emphasis on which one is working where sometimes in the body of Christ. So, so... If you're an intern, and you're standing next to Jesus, and Jesus walks up to the woman at the the well in John 4, and he says, hey, have you got any water to drink? And she pops off with an attitude that's kind of like, oh, yeah, you Jews don't ever want to talk to Samaritans. But now that you're thirsty, oh, yeah, now you want to talk to us. So you as the intern look to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, what's going on here with the gifts? He says, I don't know. Let's just see how it's playing out. He gets in a conversation and he says, hey, go tell your husband. She says, I'm not married. He says, well, that's true. You've had five husbands and the guy you're living with now is not your husband. She says, oh, you must be a prophet. All of a sudden, the intern jerks on and says, hey, Jesus, what, what, what gift is that operating? And I believe Jesus would say, I don't, I'm just flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. It's not about... Let me get this gift, and I know I'm operating this gift, and I'll use this gift. It's about allowing the Holy Spirit to operate and function through your life. Can someone say amen? Amen. How many of you are Christians and can allow the Holy Spirit to simply operate through your life? Can you do that? Amen. So that's what the gifts of the Spirit is all about. And the best use of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is not when you're operating in them or that you know that you are, but rather when you don't even realize you're flowing in the gifts of the Spirit. That's when it's the most authentic. That's when it's the most real. That's when it's the most Christ-like. Some of your best ministry, listen, happens when you're simply flowing in the Spirit and you're not focusing on what gift you're using at the time. You're just letting the Holy Spirit work through Through you. That's where the power's at. The gifts of the Spirit are also not Sunday morning poker games. Well, three, thus saith the Lord, beats a pair of dreams, but a full house of visions tops it all. And I'm telling you, there are there are there are there are Sunday morning evil poker games going on in some churches because Sister Sally Sue ain't gonna be outdone by Brother Fred in the corner. And if Brother Fred shares a vision, she's going to have a pair of dreams to share. And back and forth it goes because no one's going to. And I want to tell you, that's pagan, that's fleshly, and that's not godly. This is not about topping someone. This is about the Holy Spirit flowing through our lives. Someone say amen. I'm just giving you a little pointers here as I kind of get into this message. Sometimes the richer people are, the less rich they dress. So if you could remember Sam Walton who created Walmart before he died, he drove an old Ford F-150 and wore coveralls everywhere he went. Multi-billionaire, you'd never know it if you met him on the street. So the more confident a person becomes in simply flowing in the spirit, listen to this, the less likely they are to add to the gift trying to sound more supernatural, changing their voice, whatever it might be. Listen, we don't have to add to the gifts of the Spirit They are powerful enough on their own. Just be yourself. Allow God to move through you as He wishes. Don't try to add to it and make it more real. Listen, you can't make the gifts of the Spirit more real. They're as real as real can get. Someone say Amen. How many's ever experienced a gift to the spirit in your life? Raise your hand up. Oh, many of us. And I'm sure some of you probably don't even realize that you have. Offer the gifts. Don't force it on people. Be gentle, be humble. Amen. We are not God's cosmic watchdog on the earth. Well, God showed me about you. That's not humble and that's not in love, right? Are you operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit by God's love? You see, are you motivated by God's love or by getting someone or by showing someone up? Because I've seen people operate in the gifts of the Spirit and they did it out of a heart of getting someone, showing someone up, and they abused the gift. It's not about that, it's about operating in the love of Jesus Christ for the body of Christ. We are not the henchmen of Jesus and forcing the gifts on the people whether they want it or not. You're going to take it whether you like it or not as they're running out the door and you're chasing them to the car. Get it. You're going to get it. That's not what this is about. Amen? We are not the Holy Ghost police. Shout that with me. We are not the Holy Ghost police. So watch this. If the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not operated under God's love first and foremost, they can be and most likely will be misused. The gifts of the Spirit are never for us if they're operating through you. They're for other people. Someone say amen to that. Offer them. Ralph Wickerson was walking through the airport, and he saw a lady standing against the wall with a cane, and the bathroom was close by, and he could tell she was blind. He felt prompted to go and pray for her. So he went up, he told her who he was. He was a preacher, and he said, Ma'am, I I feel like that I want to pray for you. She hit him with the cane and she said, Not on your life. She said, I've served my husband for 30 years, and it's about time he serves me. I don't want prayer. Haley prayed for a blind girl on our blind lady in our neighborhood. And she believed and she must not have believed long, got disappointed. So Haley went and said, again, a second time, would you like prayer? She said, no, I don't want prayer. It makes it hurts me because I believed and nothing happened. Look, there are people that don't want it, and that's okay. That's not a shot against Haley or anybody else. There are some people that simply just don't want it. Don't force it on them. We're not force-feeding people, amen? So how do the gifts of the Spirit work? It's not about what gift is that. The gifts of the Spirit work together the best when they operate together and work together. Oral Roberts used to teach it this way. He said, if I take a cluster of grapes and I hold my hand up and I squeeze those grapes, the juice is going to run down my arm and off my elbow. Well, that first drip, which grape did it come from? Well, we don't know. It just simply came from the grape cluster. In the same way, it's about the gifts flowing from the Holy Spirit through us for the body of Christ or for people. Does that make sense? How many wants that in their life? It's not about what gift you're operating in. Here's what it's about. Are you ready? First and foremost, if you hear nothing else in this whole series, hear this. It's not about what gift am I opera. Ooh, I operated in the gifts of healing. Ooh, I gave a word of wisdom. It's not about that. It is about is that person receiving from God the help that they need. Because the gifts of the Spirit are supposed to help people. That is God seeing a need in someone's life and saying, they need this gift. I'm gonna use you and flow through you. So the thing is, did that person get what they needed from God? Is that okay? Shouldn't that be our motive with everything we do? It's about ministry flowing and the gifts of the Spirit ask God to make you sensitive. Do the gifts of the Spirit happen to you or do you enter in? The answer is yes. Sometimes they happen to you. Sometimes you enter in, but they're both a combination, and it is literally the Holy Spirit working through you. All right, so let's get to number three. The fruit of the Spirit, and I need you to hear this very loudly and very clearly. The fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Long-suffering or patience, gentleness, meekness, kindness, temperance, faith, against such there is no law, self-control. Am I minimizing the gifts of the Spirit? No. What I'm maximizing is we better be known for the fruit of the Spirit first. What do I mean by that? The Holy Spirit does all of these at different times in different ways to different people, sometimes in the same room. Here when we were in praise and worship, I'm telling you the Spirit of God is here, folks. And in this same room, some of you may have come in here and feel like life suffocating you. For you, the Holy Spirit breathes life into you, fresh air. For others of you, you may come in here and you may feel dry, I mean dry as dead wood. And the Holy Spirit comes and puts oil on you, lathers you up, your spirit up. For others of you, you're as cold as a cucumber and the Holy Spirit recognizes it. So he puts down fire on you. For others of you, you've come in depressed and you haven't smiled in weeks. You have no idea what joy or or fun is anymore. And so the Holy Spirit senses that and gives you joy. For others of you, you've got so much anxiety and fear, you're eat up with it. So the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit, the same service, comes on you and gives you peace that passes all understanding. How many of you did that, did any of that happen to you in this service just right now? What am I trying to say? As the Holy Spirit senses what you need as an individual, he will be that for you. Someone shout amen. amen. Now gifts are given. Listen, gifts are given. Fruit is born in process. Slower and over time, it's cultivated. So I can give you a gift. You can receive a gift. If it's a gift, you didn't do anything to earn that. You didn't do anything to receive that. So here's the problem that we have in many Pentecostal churches. You have a guy will come in, give a word of prophecy, lay hands, somebody gets healed, but then he gets in the car and he cusses his wife out all the way home, flicks people off going down the road, gives them the long finger, and then the kids are confused and wonder what in the world is going on. Daddy's this way at church, but now he's totally a monster in the car. D.L. Moody said it this way, If I wanted to find out whether a man was a Christian, I wouldn't go to his minister. I would go and ask his wife. We need more Christian life at home. If a man doesn't treat his wife right, I don't want to hear him talk about Christianity. Someone say amen. So I want to give you an example of how the gifts of the Spirit, how the fruit of the Spirit needs to take prominence over the gifts of the Spirit. Are you ready? We're going to use the church at Ephesus. Everybody say, are you ready? Here we go. Acts 19, 1 through 2. Here's an example that I'm going to walk you through about why the fruit of the Spirit is more important than the gifts of the Spirit. Acts 19, 1 through 2. It happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the upper country and came to Ephesus and found some disciples. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, no, we've not even heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Sound like the church I grew up in, right? What are you talking about? We don't even know about a Holy Spirit. So he preaches to Jesus. They get saved. They get filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, 6-7, when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them. They began speaking with tongues and prophesying. They were all, in all about 12 men. So, so man, there's miracles. There's revival. There's things moving. That The, the church has started in Ephesus with 12 men. They are filled with the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are beginning to operate immediately. That's the other thing. You don't have to be a 20-year veteran in Christ for the gifts of the Spirit to work. If you submit your life to Christ today, they got the Holy Spirit can work through you. Someone say amen to that. Glory to God. So now, though, go to Ephesians 4:30 30 through 32. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Be ye kind one to another tender-hearted forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Ephesians 4:32. Come on everybody. So wait a minute now, he started with 12 guys, the Holy Spirit's flowing, the gifts of the Spirit are flowing, there's tongues, there's interpretation, there's stuff going on. Then when he writes to the church at Ephesus years later, he's talking about malice and anger and stuff going on. He is picking up, something's going on. These dudes publicly are fine, but privately there's a problem going on. Now fast forward many years later to Revelation 2, verse 1 through 5. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, I have this against you. And I've 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 reduced it to just a few verses here. But I have this against you that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen, repent, do the deeds you did at first. Or else I'm coming to you and remove your lampstand out of its place until you repent. This is the hardest word Jesus has for any of the churches in in Revelation. He said, I'm going to take you away because you lost love. What he's saying is, Jesus says, you started out great. Twelve of you received the message of the Holy Spirit, uh, the message of Christ. You got saved. You got baptized in the Holy Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit started flowing immediately. Then Paul writes to you years later and says, hey, man, there's some stuff going on in the church that ain't good. You need to get this fixed. And by revelation, Jesus says, you've lost your first love. You've lost love, and I'm going to take your candlestick away. What Jesus is saying is, better for you to operate in the fruit of the Spirit than the gifts of the Spirit if you had to choose. Would you rather have a church full of people that operate in the gifts of the Spirit but are mean as a snake? Or would you rather operate in a church that's full of the people of the love of God but they don't operate in the gifts of the Spirit? I got good news for you. We can operate in a church that's filled with a people full of love And the gifts of the Spirit. And that's where we see the kingdom of God advance. And that's where we see the power of God released. Someone say amen. Love has to be our motivation. Without the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit, watch this, can actually become a curse in your life. So the gifts of the Spirit, listen, have nothing to do at all with the spiritual maturity of a believer. We look at someone who maybe they have the gift of prophecy and we look at him and we say, Oh, superhero Christian. That is not necessarily the case. The Holy Spirit just finds someone who will yield and use them. Doesn't necessarily mean that they've got a corner on the market. Are you seeing this? Sometimes we see, well, brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so pray, and every time they pray, they get healed, you know. Whoa. That's like superhero, Mr. Eddie Rosario, MVP of the National League. But that guy's the dude right there. Listen, no, that's not necessarily the case. It just simply means the Holy Spirit chose him. They allowed the Holy Spirit to work through them, and the gifts of the Spirit were released. It's the operation of the gift in that moment. Remember Samson. Samson had the power of God on him to kill a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. He had the power of God to rip the post of the city, which weighed hundreds and hundreds of pounds, and carry them off 15, 20 miles. He was unbelievable what he could do when the Spirit of God was on him. But, buddy, the guy lacked integrity. He was not exactly God-like. So... In 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, I want you to look at this. For the sake of this message, I want you to lay down what you believe about the gifts of the Spirit or the Bible. I want you to see this passage with fresh eyes, with naked eyes, so to speak. Are you ready? I want you to look at the context of Scripture in which this was written. Because, remember, he was talking about, he said, hey... I know kind of the area you've grown up in, and I know what's going on. Here's what you need to know about Corinth. Corinth was a city that was Las Vegas. It was uh, uh, Bangkok. It was the worst cities you can imagine on earth on steroids. As a matter of fact, the Greek verb Corinthize actually means total debauchery. Corinth was a city that was known for utter and complete nastiness. Let me tell you how bad the city of Corinth was. Corinth was so bad that the Romans would talk about it with disdain. The Romans were nuts. And the Romans would say, man, them Corinthians are crazy. (laughs) In other words, the Romans were really bad and the Corinthians were like the worst of all kind. It would be nothing to walk down the city of Corinth and see orgies going on. Anything, you name it, all out in the public open, they were crazy. As a matter of fact, it became a slur. The Romans would look at people and say, you Corinthian. I mean, that was like the lowest of the low. Don't you call me no Corinthian now. I mean, that's how bad this city was. It was filled with pagan worship. So let me tell you something. Let me tell you how pagan worship works. Pagan worship is an effort to move from the flesh into the spirit for direction, blessings, and so forth. So, here's an example of how pagan worship can work. An Indian rain dance. What do they do? They smoke peyote, which is a drug. They get really high. They come down off the high, and they say, while I was on my high smoking peyote, God spoke to me, and here's what he said. It's the same thing with the oracles of Delphi. They would go to the oracles of Delphi. They would have sexual relations with the temple prostitute, and the temple of Aphrodite and they would pay their money and they would have this sexual experience with the temple prostitute and they would come off that high and they would say well I was having the sexual experience with the temple prostitute of Aphrodite god said this that is completely and utterly pagan and the more exasperated the experience, the more that they felt like they were going to hear from God. Paul even addressed this in the Bible. That's why he said, when a person has sexual relations with a prostitute, their spirit enters them. They enter into the spirit of, that, of, of her spirit. So the church put all that in there now. And the church is born. It is very adolescent. It is very new in the Christ. It is very new in God. They have all they know is Las Vegas on steroids. Now they get saved and they know nothing about how God works. They're not like the Jews who have a biblical background. They don't know the rules of God. They don't know anything. All they know is pagan, complete nuts. Now they get saved and receive Jesus. And so revivals breaking out. I mean, people are getting saved. People, The Holy Spirit's moving, their gifts flowing, but they're also sleeping with their stepmothers, having drunken orgies, lying, stealing, and doing everything wrong. And Paul writes 1 Corinthians, and he says, Hey, I'm glad you're saved, but you guys have lost your mind. Let me tell you, there's got to be a way to do this the right way, and this is not it. However, their sin does not neglect the authenticity of the gifts of the Spirit. I had a youth pastor one time that I eventually had to let go because he refused to receive the baptism. I thought he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He refused to receive because he said when he was growing up in his dad's church, he said somebody would say, hey, watch this, and he would speak out in tongues, and then someone would interpret it. He said, see, all the gifts are fake. None of them are real. Listen, just because there are a couple of idiots out there doesn't mean that it illegitimizes the true gifts of the Spirit. Just because the Corinthians had lost their minds, sleeping with stepmoms and all this other stuff, did not illegitimize the real gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can someone say amen? Amen. In the same way, just because there's a few hypocrites in the church doesn't mean it illegitimizes Christianity. Can I get a witness in a good amen? Amen. Just because the soldier in barrack 7 shoots his foot off with the gun doesn't mean you take all the guns away from the army because now you got an army with no way to fight. Mark Rutland shared the story that he went to preach in Australia and as he got there, the pastor said, Listen, I just want to warn you. He said, Last week we had an evangelist in and he called out a young man in the church and he said, Hey, I want to, God wants to deliver you from a spirit of homosexuality. The young man's looked around, he, yeah, you. he said, I ain't homosexual. The evangelist said, you're lying and you know it, and it got ugly. He got up there to preach. The church folded their arms and scowled at him thinking, oh, here's another Lulu. He realized what was coming. He said, you know, the other day I was in America at a baseball game. He said, a pitcher hit a batter with the ball. The batter rushed the mound. They fought a little bit. Both got kicked out. He said, you know what happened? He said they put a new pitcher in, they put a new batter in, and the game went on. He said once they kicked the idiots out, the game went on. He said, just because there's a couple of idiots in baseball, it doesn't make baseball unreal or non-authentic. It does not illegitimize the realness of baseball. Hear me now. You may see some crazy stuff go on. But just because there's some Lulus out there does not illegitimize the real, true gifts of the Spirit. Someone say amen. Amen. And I, for one, have been praying fervently for months now that the gifts of the Spirit be released in a powerful way and measure. And I believe because God's laid this on my spirit, this this series, that God's about to release the gifts of the Spirit in an awesome way. Someone say amen. How many want the gifts of the Spirit flowing? So now let's look at the gifts of the Spirit in lieu of their cultural background, where they're raised, how they're raised, you name it all that stuff that i just talked about and let's look at the bible with fresh eyes first corinthians 12 one are you ready now concerning spiritual gifts the word gifts here is actually italicized and not in the original language they had to add it in english because the word spiritual is pneumaticios which means spiritual enablements or gifts of grace so he's saying now concerning spiritual enablements concerning gifts of grace I don't want you to be ignorant. It might be better translated this way. Spiritualities, touch of the Spirit, spiritual enablements, spiritual grace, gifts of grace. What he's saying is, I don't want you to be ignorant that there are gifts of grace. Even in your church, you've got confusion. You've got people that need to grow. But the gifts of the Spirit are still evident in the church. Verse 2 through 3. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. I gave you the cultural history of how they were brought up. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can help your life truly say that Jesus Christ is Lord. Someone shout amen to that. The Holy Spirit... Says through us, Jesus is Lord. As a matter of fact, the context of this passage is, the purpose is Jesus is Lord. The Holy Spirit always points people to Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit always point people to Jesus. Everything the Holy Spirit does, watch this, does not try to draw attention to an individual on earth, but rather to Jesus Christ. Our motivation should be, God, let the gifts of the Spirit operate through me, but only because I want you to become real to them. I want them to be saved. I want people to get out of wheelchairs in this church and people to travel in here for three and four hours away. Not so I can, oh, the Bridge of Hope Church. No, it's so people can come find Jesus. It's so people won't go to hell. Why does God give the gifts of the Spirit? Because He loves people. Listen, why does God use you to heal someone? Not to validate you, but because He loves sick people. Are you seeing this? The gifts of the Spirit operating through us are not about us. They're about God working through us for the benefit of other people. How many want that in your life? 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, watch what he says. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. In other words, he says, Pete, you got a different place in ministry, but it's the same God that's put you in your place. Tracy, you've got a different ministry. You've got a different angle on this. I do. Sonny, you do. Brother Jim, you do. We all do. He says we all got different activities, different ministries, different things we're a part of. But it's the same Holy Spirit that's orchestrated it all. And we all need to work together. Look, I. Did you know that the Atlanta Braves were only, they didn't even get above 500 for the year until August 6th? For you baseball fans, that's unheard of. They didn't hit 500 until August 6th. They were 37 and like 14 the second from that point on. It was amazing because they made trade deadlines, watch this, and they got pieces of the puzzle that just fit together. And all those guys working, their whole outfield is new as of the trade deadline. And all those guys work and gel together, and they're there in the World Series. That's what God does. He puts us jointly fit together like a jigsaw puzzle, and he says, well, you know, this is the, this is where you've been operating, but I need you here now. This is what you've been doing, but I need you doing this now. Why? Because God sees a complete body at Bridge of Hope and says, I'm going to put you in your roboth, and I'm going to send hundreds, listen, and thousands. Of souls to be saved. And I need you working together because it's not just about them being saved. I need people ready to disciple. I need people ready to be teach them. I need people ready to help get them mature. I'm going to send my people, but I need you fit together, working together for such a time as this. Does everybody see this? There's no big I's and little U's. We're all in this working together. The same Holy Spirit, so verse 7, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. Everybody say each. Watch this. Why? Why does does he pour out the gifts of the Spirit, the word of wisdom, the gifts of healing and all that? Why? Watch this. Is given to each one for what? Say it again. Shout it again. For the what? For the what? For the what? For the what? Listen loud and clear. Any way that the Holy Spirit moves is to profit you and those around you. It's about everyone gaining. There's a saying in business, good business, everyone wins. In the kingdom of God, watch this, everyone wins. I have a question for you. If the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not propelling you into the deeper things of God and compelling you to walk closer to God, then what are they profiting you? Anybody see this? The gifts are not based, listen, on someone's culture, someone's race, someone's gender, someone's age, or someone's nationality. The Holy Spirit... And the gifts of the Spirit are given to profit all. Let me say it again. To profit all, regardless of race, culture, nationality, age, gender. Those are man-made divisions. God just sees people, and the Holy Spirit says, I want all my people to profit and gain. Someone shout amen to that. So when we bring division and we say, well, that's the white church, that's the black church, that's the Hispanic church, how's that profiting all? When we say there's certain types of people welcome here but not others, how's that profiting all? When we say, well, the gifts of the Spirit flow through this particular nationality or culture and not them. How's that profiting all? I want to tell you something right now. The Holy Spirit profits all. And that is why at this church, at Bridge of Hope, whether you're black, white, Asian, it don't matter. Indian, African, Indonesian, it don't matter if you're Antarctican. If you are a human being, you are welcome at Bridge of Hope Church. We want everyone to profit from the glory of God. Can someone say amen? So 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. I'm almost done, and then next week I'm going to really break these down with a lot of illustrations, a lot of application, a lot of stories, so you don't want to miss the next three weeks. 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. Watch this. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing, watch this, to each one individually as He wills. I want you to see that. It says He. The word He there is capitalized. It is the Spirit of God. God, the Holy Spirit, distributes His gifts to each one individually. That means we all have gifts that can operate through us as He wills. Somebody says as He wills. That means as he determines. What does that mean? What is he saying? In other words, in order for the gifts to operate, listen closely, you don't have to be like pagans and have some kind of peyote experience. In order for you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, you don't have to go to the temple of Aphrodite. You don't have to have ecstasy with prostitutes in order to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. In other words, you don't have to work it up. Oh, I'm going to go somewhere here. And you don't have to rev it up. You can't rev the engine up and make it happen. It's not about some ecstatic experience. To rev up something or to leave your body and go into the spirit realm for a word, listen, is completely pagan. Why? For the Christian, the Holy Spirit comes to you. Brother, we're going to come in here and we're going to work us up a revival. No, you're not. You're working up flesh. You pray and fast and seek the presence of God and invite the Holy Spirit, and he brings the revival. Man, I'm preaching to somebody. We can't work it up. Listen, frenzy is not necessary to access the spirit realm. I'm going to say it again. Frenzy is not necessary to access the spirit realm. What do I mean by that? For some in the Pentecostal world, the frenzy is what validates things for some Christians. Therefore, you can bark like a dog, you can handle snakes, or you can speak in tongues, and it don't matter because for them it's the frenzy that validates that, but that is completely pagan. The Holy Spirit is the antonym to a frenzy. Now, this does not mean that the gifts of the Spirit don't operate through high praise and worship experiences like we had today. They absolutely can. But it is not about the flesh making it happen. It is about the spirit of God working. Is anybody hearing it? He is talking about not having carnal excess and emotional flesh to an almost out-of-body experience. Look on the overhead. Your flesh cannot ever operate the gifts, but the gifts always operate through flesh. You can't make the gifts happen, but yet you've got to be open and allow the gifts to flow through you. Is anybody seeing this? For flesh to try and operate the gifts of the spirit is to smoke peyote and have a rain dance or go have sex with a temple prostitute. There is counterfeit. But listen to me. No one counterfeits $1 bills. Why? Because it's not worth the ink. They counterfeit $100 bills because it's a value. There is counterfeit out there, but it's because spiritual gifts are real. And I'm praying the spirit that the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow freely. So watch this. You and I are supposed to be fire hydrants. A fire hydrant has no ability on its own to put a fire out. A fire hydrant, all by itself, you can look at it and see it's painted pretty. And it's close to the house that's burning down. But that fire hydrant, Mr. Fireman, is useless on its own. The value of a fire hydrant, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. Fireman, the value of a fire hydrant is is that it has access to a reservoir of water to which the water, watch this can be pulled from somewhere else, flow through it to put a fire out. Is that right? It takes a fireman like Dwayne to hook up hoses to that fire hydrant for water to flow through to help that house from burning down. You and I spiritually are fire hydrants. In and of ourselves, we're useless. But we are connected to a reservoir in heaven. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. We are connected to a reservoir of fresh, living, flowing water. We are connected to a reservoir of the Holy Spirit filled with fresh fire, fresh oil, fresh peace, fresh joy. And when we allow him access to work through us, watch this. And when somebody comes in and they need some fire, he says, Oh, I got a fire hydrant right there in Tracy. I'm going to connect to him. And fire is going to pull from somewhere else, from heaven, through Tracy to that person and set them on fire. I know what I'm going to do with Sonny. That person needs healing. And Sonny's connected. He's in relationship with the Lord. He's in relationship with God. Therefore, he has access. to a reservoir of healing, of miracles. And God says, because you're open and because you're yielded, I'm going to work to pull the miracles. I'm going to work to pull healing from somewhere else to flow through you to touch them and heal their body. God, is anybody hearing this? Have you ever seen the water pressure coming out of a fire hydrant through those hoses. I mean, sometimes I, it takes multiple men to hold it. Isn't that right, Dwayne? The force is so strong. That's what God wants with us, folks. That's what God wants with the Holy, with Bridge of Hope Church. He wants us to be fire hydrants. It says because I'm in right relationship, we're going to let the Holy Spirit flow through us with such force and pressure. That it will turn Cincinnati upside down. That it will turn some family upside down. The force and the power of the Holy Spirit will set the alcoholic free. It will break the bondage of drug addiction. It will tear down the spirit of divorce. It will destroy the spirit of homosexuality coming against this world. He is saying if you'll be the fire hydrant and be in that connection, I'll flow through you and, man, we'll turn this city upside down. We'll turn families upside down. We'll see children come home. We'll see marriages restored. We'll see the blind eye open and the deaf ear hear. We'll see the lame walk. We'll see God do mighty miracles. But it won't be to validate us. It'll be because God loves people. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes and say I want you just to ask yourself are you available are you willing to be a fire hydrant